0: Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your G1 Finals review. The whole thing is done. We have an absolutely bat-shit crazy episode of AEW Dynamite. The Hunter Hearst Helmsley uh, reign of uh, the era, I should say. Uh, WWE main roster continues afoot in a very good week. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Ban for Ringside podcast. ditch that nine to five it's time to feel alive hello marks and welcome to the band from ringside podcast as always i'm your host bill vegie aka now i'm heel Veggie. yes i'm the heel Veggie. all you other heel veggies are just in meditating. so won't the real heel veggies. Please, please stand up please stand up please stand up i almost made it through
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: shit you did better than i would have sitting <laughs> directly across from me we have jason
1: cornelius bell what's going on jcb I, I'll let you go ahead and take that because I was going to stand up, but I'm not the real heel baggy. So on that lovely note, I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Man from Ringside podcast, volume 270, chapter 3, verse 14 And the Good Smart saying, hashtag boo the heels, it's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. Man, I'll tell you, there is very few times where I am speechless when it comes to wrestling. Always got an opinion, right, wrong, or indifferent, I always got one. Man, it was a couple of times in the last 24 hours I have had my mouth a gate and couldn't say a goddamn word.
0: And out there in Portland, Oregon, we have Two Beer. Zach Pullman, what's going on, Two Beer?
1: PFR yeah, West in the house. I think I'm cute.
2: I know I'm the vice president of talent development creative. <laughs> I got the move. That'll drive the girl. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, are you I getting... Like I,
2: had, I feel like I had to think.
0: Yeah, that was really good. Are you getting Zach only in your left ear?
1: My right ear.
0: Only in your right ear, shit. We're going to take Zach off here for a second. A little bit of. uh, So, we're coming at you from steamy St. Charles, Missouri. It's not as bad as it has been, but it's not very good either. Uh, So, this has been a pretty wild week of wrestling. So, let's just get uh, right into it. Uh, Zach, why don't you kick us off with that one count? One.
2: I know we just had the G1 and we got. Reba's excited about the G1. And everybody's excited about the G1. Yeah, who she likes? But, she likes Jonah because
0: he's the big dog. <laughs> but,
2: um, I mean, I feel like every, there's just like so much like controversy surrounding this last episode of AEW Dynamite that um, you just got to talk about it real quick and then we can get into the. The real WrestleMania, as Bill likes to call it. So, yeah, right. last night we had AEW Dynamite, and we knew it was going to be, like, a worthwhile show. It was one of those, I mean, I feel like every other Dynamite anymore is, like, some kind of, uh, it's got a name, Quake by the Lake, uh, you know, whatever it is. Um, but this was, like, a presented by Game of Thrones. But anyway, uh, we opened up with CM Punk, who, uh, by all accounts, uh, went into business for himself before promoting his inevitable match with John Moxley uh, by calling out Hangman Page for a rematch, even though Hangman Page was not in the building. Um, so actually,
1: uh, there are uh, pictures of Hangman Page in catering at the time. Oh, okay. When specific, he got yeah, yeah, I didn't I didn't know either until uh digging into it a little further late last night, and then I saw more pictures this morning. You know, different accounts, blah blah blah, but showing the same picture. Apparently, he was in catering when Punk called him out, but didn't hear yes. that Punk called him out. John
0: Silver tweeted yes. it,
1: right? Yeah, John okay. Silver
2: tweeted he was like taking a bite. Yeah, I he wasn't on the show. I should have said that's what I meant. Uh, Yeah, a little bit more clarity there. But, uh, yeah, so essentially CM Punk calls him out, and he is not scheduled to be on the show. Therefore, he is not uh, dressed. He's not uh, ready to come out. He's not scheduled to come out. He's not going to come out because he's not scheduled. Um, And then CM Punk calls him, does the whole, it's not cowboy shit, it's coward shit. And then he goes on uh, to promote his match with Jon Moxley which was actually a pretty phenomenal segment. Uh, but Before we get into that, uh, I feel like uh, we should kind of maybe dissect because, dude, this is the kind of shit that we live for. This is the kind of shit. This is like why we do a wrestling podcast. I know that the G1 was awesome and the matches were phenomenal, and we can uh, use hyperbole and superlative adjectives to describe the matches themselves but like oh i will Just like this is the dirt right this is like i want to hear everybody talk about this like i want like other i i, I this is what i want to talk about i want to hear what people have to say about it i want to hear what people in wwe have to say about it you know what i mean like i don't give a shit uh, it crosses uh, it crosses borders here, uh, especially because it's CM Punk. I've been and looking shit known. up
0: about it for like the last hour and a half. I like, I exactly. Need, I've been watching old Hangman Page promos and shit trying to uh, pinpoint where he got pissed off. Right. Go ahead, Jason.
1: Well, apparently Punk was pissed off about something that Hangman Page said in an interview where I'm going to paraphrase it by basically saying that he doesn't need or want to listen to AEW Vets. That obviously includes CM Punk. So of course CM Punk takes that personally. And then you that's part of the reason why I think he kicked off uh Dynamite by calling Paige out. He knew he wasn't dressed, he wasn't gonna be scheduled to come out, so this is the golden time to to call him out. John Moxley made a very good point when he came out. I hate to jump ahead, but it kind of ties into what I'm talking about is where he was like, you think that microphone in your hand is power. And You can kind of see CM Punk kind of nod. He was like, yeah. But he's he's always said that. He said that in WWE. So this isn't anything new. Him going into business for himself? The pipe bomb was going into business for yourself, too, too. So, I mean... There's a pattern of behavior that's now kind of being established and Moxley kind of hit on it. When he did, when he called out Hangman off the jump, my initial reaction was like, oh, hell no, you better come out and whoop his ass. And the more and more CM Punk talk is the more and more I looked at him as the heel. Just because not knowing that Hangman Page was in the building, I'm thinking he's calling him out, he's not in the building, so now he's going to take liberties of what he, he can say because he ain't around. Uh, About the end, I'm like, man, somebody Moxley, you need to come out here and whoop this motherfucker's ass. He is talking mad shit. He ran down Moxley, Kingston, Hangman Page. That whole first five minutes was straight up napalm to where nobody survived. I'm looking around like, damn, man, what the fuck? This is the opening fucking segment? For me, don't get me wrong. It was amazing to watch. Absolute drama. But. I'm looking at CM Punk as the heel going forward. Yeah, he's the heel
0: going forward. There's no doubt about that. When you hire CM Punk, th- this is you know what you're getting into. And this is the CM Punk that I've been waiting for. Okay. I've been waiting yeah. for the, C- the shit, sir, CM Punk. When he called out Hangman Page and then he said that's coward shit, I thought it was something that I missed on, like, I thought, I thought there was something that I forgot about a couple months ago. Uh, It wasn't until today when I started reading about or when Zach posted on Friends of BFR that I realized that he had – that that wasn't planned. It's funny that you heard that because Punk was pissed off about an interview that Paige did because I heard, and I think that Dave Meltzer alluded to this, that in their last promo segment with Tony Schiavone before Double or Nothing – Uh, the last promo segment before their match was when Hangman had that really strange promo where Punk... We even talked about it here. We were like, what the fuck is he talking about? And Punk kind of looked at him and he goes, I don't know what you're saying, man. You're talking in circles. I went back and rewatched it. Hangman says... Being champ is just not about what you do in the ring. It's what also happens when the red light goes off. It's what happens when you walk behind the curtain. It's like something about the way that you, he goes, you talk a lot about workers' rights. I know in some circles that this is referred to as the workers' right pro, workers' rights promo. And there was something else that apparently was part of another promo where he alluded to the Colt Cabana drama Yeah, where uh, Punk didn't appreciate that. And... Like I always say here, we're not journalists, we're podcasters. So I'm just regurgitating shit that I read on Twitter today, but maybe you maybe you worked. Maybe you didn't have a podcast to prepare for, and you weren't looking at Twitter all day. But this is what I saw, is that after that promo, they had a TK called them in, and they went in, those three, and uh, very politely... From what I hear, and that's not sarcasm, Punk said, listen, I respect you, and I think that you're a great wrestler. He goes, I'll never job to you. I will never lose to you, is what Punk told Hangman Page. So, now maybe after a few months, maybe it kind of started sticking in. When did he say this? Was that uh, Uh,
1: double or nothing time? Or last
0: night? No, after the dynamite, before double double or nothing. nothing. Okay. And Punk said, I'll never job to you. Now, again... I don't know if this is true. I'm just regurgitating rumors that it's probably fifth-hand knowledge. But, man, it's fun to talk about. Because I went back and rewatched the promo also, or at least the beginning of the promo that Punk gave last night, right before Jason came over. And it, I know nobody's saying it's a work. But, God damn, that was fucking... He was pissed off. He Because he didn't say it into the camera. He looked up the ramp and said it up the ramp. He right. was pissed off. Another part, and... Like like Jason, I'm sorry to jump ahead a little bit. Another thing that just really shows CM Punk was in a mood last night is when John Moxley said, "I'm the heart and soul of this organization." He goes, yeah, you, "You be the be heart and soul. soul. I'll, I'll be, be the, the dollars and cents." Sense. I was
1: like, "Oh, oh, that's that WWE shit." Oh shit! <laughs> so,
0: uh, Zach, what do you think about it?
2: Yeah, circling back to uh, the Hangman stuff. Uh, Speaking keep us on track of, uh, on social media. I saw somebody say that the CM and CM Punk stands for Kevin Durant, which you guys will think is funnier oh than me. God, I that that is it really, up. That's really funny. That's really funny. <laughs> but I Googled it and it was a good joke. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I listened to observer radio this morning before I actually watched dynamite because I had to watch dynamite after I got off work. And, um, Melter didn't say anything uh, specific except that it was unplanned, um, and that and Alvarez was the one that used the term. Uh, went into business for himself later on in Observer Radio, which is like noon Pacific out here. Uh, it's like a live radio show Monday through uh, Saturday. And no, way to plug um, them. Nah, I mean like you just gotta subscribe, <laughs> <with> whatever. Uh, <laughs> like yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, So, uh, just given the timing, because I was able to like listen to it before, um, watching, and Alvarez was saying that, yeah, again, it was unplanned, and that there was people in the back that were pissed because Hangman's a well liked dude. And then there was people that were like kind of on punk side because Hangman quote unquote started it, which is like some real like high school shit. But that's like, I love it. I love it. Because, A, like, Phil Brooks is a fucking asshole. He's, he just is like the dude has like a huge ego um i'm not discounting that he's a massive star and that he's very talented but like if you walk around all day and you just constantly run into assholes like you're the asshole dude like it's not everybody else like cm punk i'm sure walks around all day and just points out assholes he's like the a number one asshole pointer outer uh because he's the biggest asshole. I've never met the guy. This is just a vibe that I get from him.
0: Now, now we, we talked about uh, a little peek behind the curtain. We know that only one of Zach's channels is working. So if you're listening to this on headphones, you're probably only hearing it in one headphone. Um, So Jason and I have decided to turn off the microphones to kill the outside noise, the ambient uh, cicadas that are out here making all the noise But that also means that Zach doesn't get to Hear us laugh so he's just sitting there like Man I hope these guys are <laughs> laughing at my jokes
1: <laughs> No we ain't No all you man I'm
0: over here giggling my ass off <laughs> We were laughing
2: uh, right, right. Uh, But yeah I will say uh, On that note um, You know dude's super talented but this is like This is the controversy that surrounds him Like everywhere he goes I mean the dude completely discounts his time in WWE just because he didn't main event their biggest show, which I know is like a big deal, but I don't know. Like they've given him in this company, everything that he could have asked for. Uh, And it is, it is pretty bonkers. Uh, I do think there's an element to this in the sense that everybody likes Colt Cabana. Uh, Those, I mean, the young bucks, Uh, Adam Page, like all those guys, they're tight with Colt. Well, everybody does because his
0: his podcast, he's interviewed everybody. Like, everybody, like, and if you've ever listened to his podcast, he's a very affable dude. Like, he's a wrestler's wrestler. Like, everybody's on Colt Cabana's side all the time because he knows everybody.
2: Yeah, that's got to bug Punk. It just has to. So, uh, whether or not, you know, I see a lot of people saying, like, oh, this is a work. Um, you know, like whatever. Um, that's the fun of uh, kind of dissecting this stuff. I'm not saying anything one way or another because you have the whole MJF thing like wrapped into this. Uh, and also, you know, got to segue into the Punk and Moxley stuff. There are elements of, of shooting in that. But I think that was two professionals who had agreed to shoot on each other, shooting on each other, it, like on the mic. Um, I don't know if. I'm off base. I don't know what you guys think, but Punk's promo was very clever. It was very entertaining, but it was very uh, much kind of not cool in the sense that wrestling 101 is you never tear down your opponent before you fight your opponent. All he did, like Jason said, was just ether. It was just like straight ether, straight napalm. Like he was Nas and uh, Moxley was Jay-Z and that's not good for business.
0: I was going to say cannabis but well, I guess that I guess maybe not the CM Punk in this yeah, situation either or um, I, I I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate here because everything on Twitter and then we can move on to the Moxley stuff but everything on Twitter is about how CM Punk is the asshole Ooh, are you surprised that CM Punk's an asshole and everybody's on hangman pages side but it, it being in the in the era that we're in of wrestling a veteran going back and getting a receipt on a young guy for disrespect is not a new thing in wrestling. That is a that is as old as the art form itself. Nobody was on Miz's side when JBL and Undertaker kicked him out of the locker room for two years because he got chicken on somebody's luggage or whatever the fuck the story is. That was the same thing. It was the, now Hangman Page is a little bit more of a talent than than the Miz is, but the the. The the, the the principle is still the same. Like, old guys ask for respect for the courtesy of putting young guys over. That is kind of the way of the business. I've never wrestled before. I'm talking completely out of my ass. I've watched a lot of shoot documentaries. I've seen a lot of shoot interviews. I've read a lot of shoot books. That seems to be the way of it. So that's what I know about it. This is, an, this is a veteran. I mean, Punk is o- older than me. Not quite as old as Jason, but older than me. Fuck you. And he...
1: Uh, Fuck you, too, for laughing.
0: And, <laughs> and Hangman Page is, like, around 29. So, I mean, CM Punk is 15 years older than Hangman Page. And he probably asks for a certain modicum of respect when he comes into the locker room. Now, whether or not he earns it, <clears throat> excuse me, I couldn't say. That is the way of the, the business. That is the way the business works. Am I wrong, Jason?
1: I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I, I don't like the way he went about it, okay? Oh, I loved it. Oh, don't, don't get me wrong. It's drama, and obviously we're talking about it because we're excited to talk about it. For me, personally, if you know somebody can't come out and confront you, that's some bullshit. That's that's you talking you out to me. mean like ass.
0: if you're doing an interview
1: with a magazine? a little different in the sense that this is an interview where if you and I were interviewing each whatever and you and I were talking back and forth you can say things in this interview and then come back and be like you know it's taken out of context whatever the case may be yada 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 this was totally different at least in my opinion because you knew Punk knew that he he being Hangman Page could not come out so this was the one opportunity to say whatever the fuck he wanted to say. and You just got to sit there in the back. You go what You go back and watch that
0: workers' right promo. Dude, I'm, uh, like, I don't remember it's, I, it. It's not. It's not a challenge. But like, I I just went back and watched it, and I I didn't watch it through the eyes of kayfabe. I watched it through the eyes. Like, I watched it through the eyes. Is Hangman Page actually saying this stuff to CM Punk? And it is like Punk's feelings almost look hurt when he no, says. No, I
1: it. think he said it and. Either he felt it or and, he got it second hand and Pump he was he just really respectful it.
0: in that promo also. Talked oh. about how great of a worker he was, how how much he respected them and everything. And Hangman Page it kinda seemed like a low blow. It kinda
1: seemed like he was like uh, you know. Okay, so then how how you gonna ask for respect <laughs> and you're not giving it on the same in the same fashion. If it, if it's a sure. low blow. Sure. Okay. You're going to take that. You're going to put that receipt in your pocket. I ain't mad about giving the receipt out. I'm a huge fan of that shit. I'll carry grudge-like luggage. No problem whatsoever. I'm just saying when you see him again, do it face-to-face, and then boom, here's the receipt. Don't give it to the fans because that's not a receipt. Would
0: you be mad if the Miz got some chicken
1: on that luggage? Dude. <laughs> you might go on. Like what, but, well, and fuck, yourself. I better have some of that chicken. Otherwise, that's what I'm. That's what I'm mad about.
0: All right, Zach, move us on to the uh, move us on to the I'm Moxley portion so. of the segment. It was a, it was. Uh, it, I mean, it was an incredible 15 minute segment. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it for an hour probably.
2: Before we uh, before we do, I saw one more thing where a guy said, any girl." I don't know. Uh, not being sexist here. It's the internet uh, it's anonymous, but. Um, <laughs> CM Punk's, like, the exemplification of a Sean guy who thinks he's a Brett guy, and that got me. I think
0: I've I think I've seen that. I think I've seen that criticism lobbied Damn. at him before in those exact same words. At least I, I think, I've seen something like that. You think you're Sean guy, but you're a Brett guy. Or wait, which one is it?
2: Yeah, like he thinks he's a Sean guy, or he thinks he's a Brett guy, but he's actually a Sean guy. But even though... Uh, Brett was also very petty, so it it kind of falls apart. Yeah, I mean, thing.
0: yeah, you mean like a kind of like a, are we the baddies type of thing?
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Only that's the thing is Brett would job. Sean, Sean, Brett's not a guy that would say I'm not jobbing to you. Sean, Sean was that was the difference. But uh, gotcha. but yeah. So anyway, we had the uh, the Moxley, he, you know, comes out to answer, and like Bill said, like he interrupted him. Uh, I felt like that was something that, you know, you can do. It makes it feel more realistic. Um, I'm not saying it was unprofessional. It definitely threw Moxley off a little bit. I don't think he was expecting it. It was also a good line, uh, very heelish. Um, but this this match is money, uh, A, because of you know, kind of their histories throughout their careers. Also, because uh, they're the two biggest stars in the company. I think Moxley has more star power uh, than than Jericho right now. And, um, you know, it's a built-in feud. That said, you know, like I was saying last week, I think it's the most boring thing in the world for Punk to just come back and beat Moxley for the interim title, and just like pretend like nothing ever happened. Um, so they did throw a wrench in these plans. You know, we all expected this to happen. It all out. And I said last week, I was like, I "Can't wait to pay fifty dollars for this match." And I'm sure the under the rest of the card's is going to be great. Uh, but we're getting it next week, and that said, it's time to speculate. Uh, so what do we think is happening next week? <sighs>
1: I'll I'll say first, uh, I do like the fact that Moxley was thinking in my head and he alluded to the broken foot. God God bless you, John Moxley. If you're going to be petty, be petty about that shit. You're dumbass jumping into the fucking stands and you break your fucking foot, you idiot. You're the world champion. You ain't supposed to be jumping in the stands. You high five, motherfucker. Anyway, speculation of what's moving forward. Obviously, MJF is the biggest speculation. I just saw that today and I didn't even really trip off of it because. Honestly, this is this is, has to be two matches. First match on dynamite, and a second match at all out. Now, how you get from point A to point B, I don't know. I'll just say this: if MJF comes back and interrupts this main event, takes them both out, or whatever, there is your triple threat. I don't think that's going to happen. Somehow, we get a screwy finish, a double count out. Uh, a disqualification of some sort, something along those lines to extend it to where you have to go into all out. I would go with a a double count out, something like that to where you have to do it again. I get it. I'm happy for the fact that we even get to see this on just regular TV. Okay. I'm not going to be that dude, but I would be stunned if this isn't a two part match series part one dynamite part two all out
0: couldn't agree more uh this has to be some kind of angle or something else going into the double or nothing or sorry all out either that or tony khan saw what punk did last night and you know he was so fucking coked out that he was like wait i got this great idea and then he came up with something else for all out um
1: but (laughs) <laughs> I got it, everybody. No, 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 no. Just yeah. listen to me. Just listen to me.
0: Just chewing his face <laughs> right. off.
1: No, uh, no, no, no. We'll do the match next week. What? So,
0: I will. I'm not going to be one of those. There's. You see a lot of hand-wringing by these dorks on uh, the internet wrestling community who are like, well, he's just throwing away pay per view buys. And oh, I hope this is, I hope he's just not trying to hot shot it because he needs ratings because WWE is getting good or whatever. It's like, what the fuck do you care, man? Dude, that's
1: the dumbest you're, fucking
0: you're shit the, I've ever heard. Yeah, but people do that. I
1: know. I just saw it today. It blows my motherfucking mind. Like, what do you care? We're, you're the fan. Wh- we all win, you yes, idiot. Yeah, I know. We're going to get this shit We're, on free fucking hot, TV. Hot shot it. Please, 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 do this shit right now. Oh, Kenny Omega comes back and their greatest go down. I'm like, dude, I, you, are you out your goddamn mind? What the fuck is wrong with you people? You get Kenny by God Omega back on free fucking TV at 75% of your motherfuckers are still bitching. That's yo. That's why y'all booing Morgan, ain't it? Y'all fickle. Thick like a motherfucker, <laughs> y'all motherfuckers was running around here. Oh, please let Lil worry be the champ. Please let me Morgan be the champ. She jammed three weeks. You booing her ass? Fuck you. That's why I hate wrestling sometimes. You motherfuckers make it so goddamn serious. It's supposed to be fun, okay? We get Kenny Omega back. We're getting Danielson and Garcia in a two out of three falls match that could actually go into all out to for some more shit, and then the cherry. We're getting fucking punk and Moxley for the title next Wednesday, and you're still bitching. Please, get the Um, fuck out of here. um, This devalues
2: the title, the prestigious AEW title so much. (laughs) It is now worth less than the American dollar. (laughs) Uh, That's what they sound like.
0: That is what they sound like. That being said, they are leaving a lot of pay per view buys on the table because I'm telling you, motherfucker, that that pro, I, listen, I don't care. I'm ready to watch it. Listen, I was going to watch it either way, but I, I'm pro, I'm going to buy the pay per view either way. I, I, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. What does matter is that there's some real heat, some real, and we didn't even gotten to the main event portion of the show, which I, I think also some had some or... had some really weird stuff, mm-hmm. but. Uh, we should probably move it along. What was next, Zach?
2: Oh, um, I don't know necessarily what was next. Let's just go on with um, kind of the, the highlights of the show. Just, it was Gar- uh, Garcia Daniels. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I was going to do anyway. Um, so, yeah, we had the two out of three falls match. Excellent match. Uh, I think Bill said this on Twitter or Facebook or something, but excellent match, but Jericho really needs to shut the fuck up. And dude, over... I, he's overstayed his welcome on commentary. He was good during the pandemic when we needed something uh, fresh because there was like no fans and stuff. But he's just there screaming all the time. He's worse than fucking Jr. talking about, you know, thigh slapping and shit. Like I couldn't tell who was worse um, here. So either Jericho is worse.
0: Jericho is so over the to top, go. and it's it's terrible. It's it's awful. Like that match deserved a lot more. That match deserved a a sober. Uh, like, well, like, it needed, what it needed was Excalibur and Taz to call it by themselves, really.
2: And and Kevin Kelly, come on the podcast. Well, Kevin yeah, Kelly. yeah,
0: Kevin uh, Kelly, come on the podcast. Yeah,
2: uh, if but, Kevin Kelly doesn't so, respond
0: to 19 retweets saying Kevin Kelly go on BFR, <laughs> he's made a mortal enemy.
2: Oh, uh, shit. Um. Hey, hey, hey,
1: hey, he speaks for himself, Kevin Kelly, okay? You my boy. Okay, I would love to have you on the pod, but if you don't, I'm going to still watch New Japan to rise.
2: Still, still, still a great guy. Uh, so, uh, first of all, uh, Daniel Garcia put uh, the American Dragon to sleep with a Gotta dragon sleeper, which is really funny. Um, so, uh, maybe ironic. But uh, then he tries the same thing again, gets rolled up in like, kind of a quick pin situation. So, it was almost kind of like Danielson like stole that one from him. Uh, Garcia just looked really strong in this uh, whole thing. And uh, what was the the third fall? Uh,
0: he he put him out referee with the uh, yeah, it, it, was, a bell lock.
1: Yeah, on the bell lock. Yeah, I was going to say lock, I thought he yeah. submitted, but then the referee called the bell was on the little bell lock. So I, I I said referee stoppage on Twitter, but whatever.
2: But this was really physical. I mean, DDT on the floor. Danielson, you know, busted open. Uh, just really fantastic technical wrestling. Exactly what you would expect. Uh, just a absolute banger of a match. And I think uh, the kind of, we knew that was going to be the case. Uh, we had already seen these guys fight before and it was good. But kind of the story is coming out of it. A, you have afterwards uh, Danielson going to shake Darcy's hand and Jericho attacking him from behind, uh, setting up uh, Jericho Danielson for all out, but also setting up for a potential garcia face turn uh because initially whenever danielson came to aw like in his like <clears throat> first like promos and stuff he talked about daniel garcia as like a guy that he wanted to fight and mentor so um yeah uh, lots of possibilities here but all together a fantastic segment
0: it was a tremendous match um I've watched a lot of G1 over the last month. That match was as good as any match that we saw in the G1, save for maybe one or two. Brian Danielson, if, you, if you're you going to give him 25, 30 minutes to have a match with a with a young guy that's as talented as Daniel Garcia, he is going to come up with a way to make it really compelling throughout the entire, ta- throughout the entire thing. When he was sitting there in the Buddha pose and just taking those chops – taking those kicks from Daniel Garcia. I love the psychology of it. I like that Garcia, after he passed out in the bell lock, uh, he still kept trying to go after Brian Danielson, like he didn't know the match was over because he was so out of it, and Danielson kind of stood him up and had the crowd cheer for him. It was a tremendous segment, and I I thought it was really cool how Jericho attacked him, and then Daniel Garcia kind of got in his face and was like, no, if Daniel Garcia leaves the Jericho Appreciation Society, then it's basically Jericho and the three fucking Stooges. It's Jericho and 3MB, basically, and after Sammy. that. Sammy. Sammy and... Uh, oh, yeah, and Ty. Sammy. I forgot about Sammy, yeah. So, but I do want to say that the music ben that Hager. plays... Your well, boy. He, He's one of the three. St- yeah, but I mean, he's barely ever there. Listen, I just hate those fucking two guys. I hate them. <laughs> I hate the. I hate the. I hate the sound that plays before the music where he goes.
1: Delete. <laughs> he's like. He's like the, the world's best. <laughs> best. <laughs> it's it's first entertainers. Like, <laughs> I love I hate it. it. I love it. I love it. I think you, it, it, it makes off. me giggle every is, fucking time. His voice is so obnoxiously funny. It makes me giggle. The
0: Jericho Appreciation I,
1: Society.
0: I do want to say that I hope, I do kind of wish, does this kind of make you wish that Daniel Garcia was the other member of the Back Bull Combat Club instead of Wheeler Uta?
1: No. Dan, Daniel Garcia is, just. I'll just talk about the match first. The match was great. Is everything I thought it would be, and then some, which is almost incredible to say, but it was more than I thought it was. Like you said, the psychology of it was amazing, especially at the end where you where Garcia was reaching for his legs and Daniel Bryan's looking at him or Bryan Danielson's looking at him like, what the fuck? You, dude, it's over. Back, come on, man. It's over. Really that good. was so good. After the first fall where, you know, Garcia jumps Danielson immediately afterwards, so now we're playing into the head injury angle of it. That was so good. So, I mean, it was all played out in 30 minutes, and they told an amazing fucking story. My point. Daniel Garcia, if he wasn't a made man beforehand, he's pretty close to being made right now. You went 30 minutes with arguably one of the best wrestlers in the world, and he made him look really strong. He's
0: a made man. Okay. Yes, he is a made man.
1: So now, that being said, you see uh, Jericho come out, blah, blah, blah. My guess is because next week, we're gonna have a little tete a tete like we always do with Jericho and somebody that goes left on his, you know, little faction or whatever. They're gonna have some sort of, you know, meeting in the ring or whatever. Obviously, Brian Danielson is gonna come out at some point. If I had to guess, Garcia turns on Danielson as in some form or fashion to set up another match going all out. I wouldn't disagree with Jericho and uh, Brian Danielson. I just don't think that Garcia leaves. The Jericho Appreciation Let me
0: society. ask you this. It's a question for the both of you. Um, so there's there's what they call the four pillars of AEW, which are the four young guys that uh, basically started with AEW never had a job with WWE. So we're looking at Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, MJF, and Darby Allen. Which one of those four guys, if you put Daniel Garcia in with those four guys, so now you have five guys. Which one of those guys do you would you take right now to start a company over Daniel Garcia?
1: Go ahead, Tubir.
2: Uh, out of those guys, uh, MJF, just because he's pretty dynamic. Um, Is that it though? And he's a he's, he's like a prodigy. Oh, you mean like oh oh? There's only one. Yeah, I'm not um, going to ask think- you to
0: rank them, but who do you think is better out of those four guys? Because I would, I would take Daniel Garcia over everybody except for MJF in terms of, in terms of talent, and in ring talent, like- in ring talent, it's a little closer. But Daniel Garcia, to me, has proven himself on the microphone over the last few weeks in this feud with Daniel, with Brian Danielson. He's proven to me that he's actually pretty fucking good.
2: Yeah. Uh, I agree. I might take Jungle Boy, though, because, um, man, ladies love Jungle Boy. And um, he just got it as far as, like, uh, he's always
1: going to be over. Um,
2: the only, I, wouldn't, that, I, yeah. I don't think I would
0: argue with anybody if you if you said it. But
1: The only thing with Jungle Boy, and this is just my perspective on it, we haven't seen him in that one real good wrestling match. We've seen him do good things. MJF, obviously, is the one that really sticks out. But to have him go over Daniel Garcia, from what I saw last night, I need him, and I'm assuming Christian is going to be the all-out match. I need them to tear the house down before I can put him over Daniel Garcia. And
0: Christian Cage is completely capable of bringing the house down.
1: Without question. So there's a possibility there, but it's only one for me. It's MJF.
2: Right on. Okay, Uh, what's next, Zach? Uh, We can just move on. Uh, I'm sure there's some stuff in the middle if you guys want to talk about it, but we said for the sake of brevity, uh, jump right to the main event. So we had the trios match with uh, the return of Kenny Omega. So Young Bucks and Kenny Omega versus LFI. So Roosh, uh, Dragon Lee, who are brothers, and Andrade. (laughs) So... Uh, they are brothers.
1: No, I'm, I'm giggling for a totally different reason. They okay. are brothers. All right, they are brothers.
2: But they're not like brothers. <laughs> yeah, they're not. They're not brothers. They they
1: brothers with the A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Swerving our glory. <laughs> they brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Um. So uh, really fun return. Um. I think uh, Bill said this uh, as well, which I thought I was like, I was just as happy to see Don Callis as I was to see Kenny Omega. I think both have been sorely missing. Oh, my God. (laughs) He came out and was like,
1: oh, yes. I
2: forgot about him.
1: (laughs) I was like waiting
0: for Kenny Omega, and
1: then it's like, oh, yeah, Don (laughs) Callis." Callis. I was and like, he jumps, yeah, he jumps right, he just, right on commentary. commentary. I'm like, thank you, thank you, God. There is a God here, and it was so amazing. It was so fun to listen to Don Callis. When I got into New Japan, him and Kevin Kelly were, were those the, the commentary team, and he was good over there. The fact that he's now in AEW and he's more of the heel, more so of the heel commentary than he was in New Japan, just plays into the whole Kenny Omega thing of what if, what's going to happen next, is he going to be around, so on and so forth. Go ahead.
2: Uh, Yeah, so um, this was a really uh, dynamic match, as you would expect. Uh, Definitely, the big story coming out of it is uh, the story that they're trying to tell is that Kenny Omega is back, he has ring rust, and is he back too early? Did he rush back? Because the dude had numerous injuries. He had knee surgery, he had hernia surgery, and shoulders surgery. you know, just, his whole body was racked with injuries, and um, he is such a fantastic wrestler. He is just such a fantastic storyteller in the ring. He's got all the same Twitter nerds that's talking about the devaluing the, the AEW title and arguing about uh, ratings and defending people that they don't even know and actually get letting it ruin their day. Um, between the CM Punk and Hangman situation, uh, he, you know he's got them all all worked and, um, you know, he's wearing a, a compression shirt with, like, a shoulder brace, uh, which that may be advantageous for, like, his health, um, but the dude was definitely uh, overselling the injury aspects. Like, this is part of a storyline for sure, but I think it's a great storyline because, you know, he's the best bout machine. Like, he, he has to have something to complicate Uh, the situation, they have to have some kind of adversity to overcome because otherwise you have uh, the greatest tag team in history and arguably uh, the greatest big match wrestler in history coming together as a threesome. How are they not going to just automatically just railroad the entire um, division and take these titles? There's got to be some kind of drama, some kind of like conflict, and Kenny uh, having ring rust and coming back exemplified by him doing the do not escape and not being able to get all the way over. And he goes for the tope cone hero, but knee gives out, um, you know, all this kind of stuff. Uh, Just really, really good. Um, There was some, uh, you know, time constraints. They went home a little early. They had like kind of a rush segment of, of uh, Roosh and Andrade ripping Dragon Lee's mask off and beating him and turning on him. With <laughs> no, feet. that Joker
1: fell off. <laughs> I, you well, ain't they, it, you, I'm not giving him that much respect. That Joker fell off. No, no, no. I mean,
0: Andrade. They, they undid it. Yeah, he undid yeah. it. Andrade un, un, undoes it on television. He undid yeah. it. That didn't fall off. They That was on purpose. Now, hold on a second. Before we get too far into it, Jason, how are you going to make that face every time that Zack says that they're the best... <laughs> Tag team in history. He says it all the time.
1: And do I not make the face all the time? Yeah, I know. Okay, are, are so you, <laughs> I don't know how you're done being surprised. No, I'm not. I'm not done being surprised. I'm just. Oh. I'm just respectfully disagreeing.
0: I'm gonna respect. I didn't know I, that the Road
1: Warriors I, and Okada came out on Dynamite. I must have missed that last night.
0: I'm gonna say this. I I've said this before. Zach's probably right, but uh, go, go ahead, go ahead Jay. I've said it before. I
1: think I agree with him, and I'm not, I'm not even a young buck smart. It ain't the only time I've been on this island before. No, that be happened last. on the
2: Rampage taping. Okada like had them all propped up like Weekend at Bernie's. They <laughs> fought on one side, animal on the other.
1: Hey, hey you know what? Fuck you.
0: Jason, what did you think of this segment?
1: I <laughs> um, <laughs> It was a lot going on, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. It it was great to see Kenny Omega back. Obviously great to see Don Callis back. Uh, Callis on commentary was amazing. The match itself I thought was – it was a little wonky at points. You know, there was times where, you know, there were spots missed. And I'm not even talking about Kenny Omega. I'm talking on the LFI portion of the program where they couldn't figure out who was going in. Dragon Lee's
0: Tope Suicida almost killed a kid in the front row. Dude! Like – I, I was watching it. I was watching it live. I I, I was texting Bo because I turned it on right when Omega came back, and I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck yeah!" And uh, then I what and Aaron was sitting next to me doing Facebook stuff about our daughter's birthday, and I was like, "Oh yeah." I was like, "Oh my god, he almost <laughs> killed a kid."
1: <laughs> he came in hot, real hot. Okay, almost,
0: almost jumped over him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was so just spot of the night. I mean, it was a spot fest match. Don't get me wrong. Good to see Kenny Omega back. I guess the, the the walk away from this for me is I agree with Zach. I'm, a part of me was like, okay, he's not at 100%, but what is he? The shoulder harness is the one thing that I looked at right away. The shirt was obvious. I mean, okay, whatever.
0: It looked like he was wearing some sort of back brace underneath his shirt, though, also.
1: Okay, and that was probably the reason why he wore the shirt. The shoulder harness was the one thing that I was just kind of like, okay, this might be something that when they drop the trios titles, I'm assuming that the Bucks and Kenny Omega will be trios champions at some point, maybe not the inaugural, but at some point when Kenny Omega goes solo, is this all going to like shed off to where he becomes back the best bout machine. And, you know, he's doing things that, you know, we expect of him doing, don't get me wrong. I wanted him to do a Tope Suicida and he didn't do it. And I'm okay with that. I don't need it all in one failed swoop. The fact that he was back to me was the good start. The right team won. Brothers turning on bro- LFI turning on Dragon Lee was the only thing I was just like, okay, what the fuck is this? I mean, damn, you know, it wasn't like it was a shitty match. He lost, but it wasn't like you know he, it was the reason why he lost. That to me, that's the only thing I don't like is that even then TK has to put in another angle, dude. Just let it let Kenny Omega come back and let that shit breathe.
0: So, Jason, I that was my first thought too. I was like, okay, so they just couldn't have Kenny Omega come back. They have to have they have to Roosh through this angle and have uh, have uh, Roosh and Andrade turn on Dragon Lee. So, first of all, before that. I don't know what the fuck happened, because Omega hits Dragon Lee with the V-trigger, right? Dragon Lee looks legit knocked out. He picks him up for the One-Wing Angel, and they the announcers were trying to sell it like Kenny Omega wasn't strong enough to do it, but Dragon Lee Looked was, like was, was either way. A, sandbagging him, which doesn't seem right, doesn't seem like that would be the case. Or, B, legitimately concussed and super fucked up. Like that time that Charlotte almost killed Io Sh- or Kyrie Sane right. in that tag team match. Right. And then he does the one-wing angel. And then it closes in on Kenny Omega and him and Dragon Lee they're, they're
1: having a conversation. They're yeah, talking afterwards. Sure.
0: And I don't know. I went back and watched it again.
1: They were like, you know, are you okay? My bad, dog. You know, like – I think, Here's why you I don't shaking I think, hands or whatever. It looked to
0: me like Dragon Lee was actually fucking out.
1: No, nah, I think he was that way. And, question. and he
0: did he did the one wing angel on a on a on a dead guy basically.
1: <laughs> so
0: then I know fucking insane. Yeah. I mean, it was fucking insane. You good, you good. Listen, Boom. if Tony Khan did all this Hangman Page stuff and all this shit stuff just to make it a hotter product, fucking he's the most he's the most <laughs> genius wrestling mind that we've ever had because. It looked, first of all, it looked like he was dead weight. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch it. It looks bad. It is not a one wing angel that's on a dude that is conscious, or he was told to be dead weight, which doesn't make Makes very sense. much sense either.
1: No, you want Kenny Omega to pull off the one wing
0: Afterwards, angel. they're celebrating the Kenny Omega thing. And then you see Andrade and Rouge, and they're
1: undoing Dragon Lee's mask, getting ready to pull it off. Okay, I'm. The only thing I saw was them raising his hand, and I was like, what What the fuck is that?
0: I'll show it to you. I'll show it to you. I'm
1: I'll not show saying, to you look, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I missed it. Uh,
0: they they undid his mask, and then Andrade does the hammerlock DDT right. on him, and you can see that the Bucks and Omega are up the ramp Ram. celebrating, right. and they're going off the air, and the announcers don't know what to do. The camera guy doesn't know what to do. The directors don't know what to do. And then Kenny Omega and the Bucks start, start walk- in. They start walking back towards the ring. Now there's a, there's a couple ways you can go with this. You can either think A, this is Tony Khan trying to shove too much shit into too short of a time, ding, ding, not ding, letting ding, shit ding, breathe, ding. or B, this was supposed to happen off air, and they were going to use it as some sort of um, like Dragon League. Yeah, it's going to be a YouTube thing or Dragon Lee's going to go to Ring of Honor and Roosh and Andrade are going to be a uh, tag team or whatever. Or three, those guys went into business for themselves and they said, you know what, we're in a very hot angle at the end of a really big show and we're going to do our own thing at the end.
1: Jesus Christ. Go ahead, Tubier, what do you think?
2: Uh, That never even occurred to me. There's always so much shit that happens at the end of Dynamite, I just assumed they were just trying to like pack too much like shit in. This was um, the
0: strangest uh, like out of all the schmazzes at the end of Dynamite though, yeah this was the weirdest. Yeah. Because I was and Michael Wallace Seals was on Twitter the same as I was, and we were both saying, Wait, what the fuck was that? And he was like, Wait a minute, leave it on for another five minutes and I'm thinking, Yeah, but maybe they turned it off because Tony Khan didn't know what the fuck was happening there. That's how strange it was because what what would be the point of them doing that and why wouldn't Omega and the Bucks know that that was going to happen in in ring and why would they start walking back? Bizarre. It was bizarre. Okay. It was a batshit
1: episode. No, like a completely batshit episode. I'm, look, I'm not going to – But disc- WWE's the hottest product. <laughs> Give me a fucking break. I was going to say, it did you see the G1 over the week? Um, it was weird because, like you said, the – the Buck and Kenny reaction was the weird part because if you're like their baby face ish tweener, I would say they're tweeners at this point. I don't know really what they are until you know the team across them, and then you, they figured out at some point they walked back. I mean, it, that's what I'm tripping off of. You, if you're gonna get back in and save Dragon League, you're not gonna walk back. You're gonna run back, right? Okay. This just seems like, and this is just a pattern behavior. No, they walked back like you're at a bar
0: and you're walking to your car and the guy that's supposed to be coming with you starts mouthing off with some dude on the patio and oh, you're man. like, ah, fuck, now I got to walk dude. back. <laughs> Hold on, let me Damn, grab him. Jay,
1: come on, motherfucker, Steel was lost. Let's go. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, get back here. <laughs> okay, I, I would totally agree with you on that. I just think that this was a planned spot and then for whatever reason there was not enough time. They went through the spot anyway. I would look, look there was already one motherfucker going rogue. I don't think there's a second person I, going I'm rogue. I'm telling you,
0: I think this one might have gotten buried because punk is obviously the bigger story, but I, I would love to be a fly on the wall. Oh yeah. In, in TK's Office, not would- just because I could get all the coke shrapnel that's bouncing off the that's bouncing <laughs> off those walls, but because I'd like to hear what's being said down there. Uh, anything else that we need to talk about in AEW Dynamite? <laughs> uh, do we want to talk about the acclaimed stealing Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn's doofus kids turning on him, and then Anthony Bowen saying "Scissor Me, Daddy"?
2: Yeah, it's Daddy ass, them.
1: Yeah, um, I I don't I don't. Now I know that God, An- I know that Anthony Bowens <laughs> I know
0: that Anthony Bowens is openly gay and I completely support that and I know that Billy Gunn does too because Billy Gunn was part of one of the craziest angles <laughs> that ever happened over six months in WWE when he and Chuck Palumbo were uh, gay dudes with the manager Rico. Uh, Did they get married? No they they had a they were they had a wedding on SmackDown and when they were supposed to get married. Billy and Chuck looked really confused at the pastor, and they were like, wait, we're just friends. And then they <laughs> and then they right. got That's their asses got beat. Um, that being said, I mean, as, as much as I love the LGBTQ community, as much as I love gay dudes, uh, I hate the acclaimed. So, <laughs> And I hate the guns, too. So put them on dark so I don't have to watch it.
1: No, you know this is going to be a, a fucking all-out match. At this point, I, I don't even get why Billy was like, you know, you're not like the acclaimed, you're not like the acclaimed. I mean, there was... I don't have kids, but I mean, dad, wouldn't you like to prop up your kids versus, you know, riding the dicks of the acclaim? I don't get that at no, all. No, the kids turned on him. The kids turned on him. They won matches, and dad was still mad. They squashed varsity Boys like it wasn't shit, and you're still mad.
0: You're right. I don't want to talk about this. All right, uh, let's, get, let's get to that two count.
1: JCB, what's the two count? Dude, it's weird for me to have the two count. I'm not even... <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, wait, hang on. Wrong block, wrong block. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, motherfucker, okay? I got your age ain't nothing but a number. Motherfucker, I'll take you out front and run your ass down to 40 like it ain't shit. High step on your old ass. Talk about me Anyway. Let me get back on track. (laughs) Two count is going to be the finals of the G1 semifinals, the last night of block semifinals and the finals of the G1. If you did not watch this, shame on you, number one. It was an amazing three, four nights of great wrestling. We're just going to talk about – I'm just going to talk about the final night block, uh, night 18, and then we're going to go into the semifinals and then the finals. So night 18, they did matches where it was matches of consequence – Um, Two matches in each block. You had uh, in the D block, uh, Will Ospreay beating Juice Robinson, which he had to do to keep with pace with uh, David Finley. So David Finley, I'm sorry, David Finley was eliminated. So he had to keep pace with Shingo. Shingo obviously beat uh, Will Ospreay in a couple of nights beforehand. So Will Ospreay had to beat Juice Robinson, which was a really good match surrounded by the U.S. title. Will Ospreay goes over. Then in kind of a surprise, I won't say upset because God knows we can't agree what the fuck upset is around here. Uh, ELP defeats Shingo in a, a really good match. I was saying to myself that ELP could probably give Shingo some trouble. Obviously, he did. ELP goes over clean, by the way. So that gives Will Ospreay the D block. Now we're going to the C block where you had Goto versus Evil. I said it on Twitter. I don't know if I could ever root for Evil, even if it meant Naito winning the block and I couldn't root for him. But then all of a sudden I felt conflicted because I was like, oh, shit, you know, Evil might win this motherfucker. Of course, he wins with some major fuckery, low blow by Dick Togo to set up the finish. Everything is Evil. So Evil wins over Gotos, opening the door for one Tenzi and Naito to face Zack Sabre Jr. I expected a lot more time to this, but the great part about New Japan, they make it's a complete circle of a story. The first night of block action, Naito lost to Tanahashi in a roll-up. He beats Zack Sabre Jr. in a roll-up in amazingly quick time, just under three minutes. So you had now Naito and Will Ospreay taking the D and the C blocks respectively. Uh, beer. I'm assuming you didn't see this, correct?
2: No, I saw it the whole night.
1: Okay, I'll let you start with the the C and D blocks thoughts on either or.
2: I was super surprised about the Naito fast roll up, especially because I was really looking forward to that match. But made total story sense, and it was super fun to see Zack Saber throw his uh, Zack Saber tantrums. Holy
1: shit, I mean that. Yeah, this motherfucker coming backstage wearing chairs around. it. I had to watch the backstage comments on this one. It's. Oh yeah! I was like, was "Oh my god, this is going to be absolute cold." And he came back and showed his arse. It was amazing been, to watch.
2: I've been so busy, I didn't mean to know, sell that picture of the sent to our group text. <laughs> <laughs> the back was, he was draped in chairs in the back. I hadn't watched back it yet. And I'm like,
1: "What the fuck?" And I'm looking in the, the like the background or whatever. I'm like, "Oh, this is the backstage comment." I'm like, "Yeah, we're definitely gonna watch this." It's this is why. I love Zack Sabre Jr and I don't think he gets enough credit because usually you got to do both things well to be a great wrestler. You got to talk and obviously you got to perform in the ring. CSJ what well the way New Japan does their business, a lot of their promos are backstage so you kind of have to seek it out. <sighs> I mean, CSJ is one of the best talkers in all of New Japan and I thought this was one of his I would say best quote-unquote performances, turning over tables. I mean, just wrecking havoc. When Naito had the ice pack and was throwing it at Zack Sabre Jr. like a baseball, I lost my goddamn mind. I was like, this is the craziest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. Pretty eye. funny. It, dude, it was totally funny. Uh,
2: other than that, I think uh, Fantasmo and Shingo was the best match of the whole night uh, on this night. And uh, kind of Surprised. Uh, I would call that an upset. And at the same time, he comes out of it, uh, goes over to Desperado, who's on commentary, and basically says, Goodbye forever. I'm a heavyweight now. So she's kind of going the Will Ospreay route.
1: No, I like that shit. It was uh, the way they, especially with Desperado, if it was um, Ishimori or, you know, Hiromu, any of the uh, the great junior heavyweights, it's time for your LP to move forward. And beating Shingo, to me, was a a nice way to kind of ring that new era in because Shingo wasn't a junior heavyweight. I don't care what anybody says. So the uh, fact that he could beat Shingo queen, I think this says a lot. Did you
0: guys already go over the two nights before there? Are we just talking about no, that? We just want to talk okay, about that. Uh, that's fine. Uh, i loved uh, ELP versus Shingo. Also, I thought that Archer Okada was really fucking good. Yep. I thought that they, uh, you know, I don't know if it, it might have been me that said it walking into the G one that Archer looked a little slower than he had in past G ones, but I thought that Okada made him look like a million bucks, which that's Okada's thing, really. And we'll get to the we'll get to the finals match, which was uh, really just a a. Uh, a lesson it was really a lesson in selling like if you want to sell uh, if you want to learn how to sell watch okada in that match but i thought that archer looked great and him uh headlining budokan on the final night of regular g1 against the best wrestler in the world and having the match that i thought he did i i was happy for archer i i really came to like archer even more than i thought i did during this tournament uh, especially for his nights on commentary. He's just really kind of a mark and just a real mensch. He's just a really cool motherfucker, and uh, I'm a big fan. But
1: yeah. out no, uh, Speaking of Lance Archer, we can move to the A and B block. Obviously, Lance Archer falls to Okada, giving Okada the, the A block, no matter what Jonah did. Jonah needed to have Archer win that match. Jonah beats uh, Bad Luck Fowler. No big deal. It is what it is. Pretty okay. Pretty okay. B block, uh, you had Sonata versus Ishii in the first match. Ishii, and I said it last week, possibly not having any more G1 matches is terribly disappointing. Just to even think about Sonata falls to Ishii, which probably should have happened anyway, but the fact that there's, there's these rumors swirling around, I think it's definitely a good way to go. And then the Probably the story of the tournament. It finally comes down to Tamatanga versus Jay White. Winner gets the B block. Tomatonga pulls what I would consider the upset over Switchway Jay White. Um, obviously, Switchway was coming into this match undefeated. Once again, the backstage uh, comment of Jay White just melting down is something to go see. I thought Tamatanga was going to be in this spot when they uh, attacked the Bucks and Kenny Omega when it was uh, the Tongans and they had the the Bullet Club, you know, firing squad or whatever, and it, it never came to be. Now I'm starting to see what I wanted to see probably like two or three years ago, right before the Bucks and Kenny Omega came over and, and created AEW. You know, Tama Tonga, Tonga Lola, um, they had um, Haku there. They all were basically destroying Bullet Club, and I was thinking this might be a chance for Tomatonga to make this run. He's making a run. It's just it's slow but sure steps. He's probably like two or three years away from even winning the IWGP championship if he ever does. But this was another good step. He beats Okada last year to give Okada his first loss. He give, beats Jay White this year to give Jay White his first loss.
2: Now Jason, I don't know how you could consider this an upset. You have one of the most decorated tag team wrestlers. No, I'm joking, it was a total upset. <laughs> <laughs> I also, you I also. didn't even
1: I didn't even flinch, man. I was just like, nah, nah. <laughs> I know okay. you bullshitting on this one. I also
2: love that. Uh, I was going to try White, to make it through uh, the whole
0: podcast without that word being said.
1: No, I said it before <laughs> when you went in the door. <laughs>
2: it's uh, it's my safe word in the bedroom now. But, uh, <laughs> my wife says a lot during sex, anyway. She says upset. Uh, but anyway. Uh, so. Um,
1: Say, so, damn, girl, we just got started.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the after uh, promo of Jay White, where he just is on his knees screaming fuck over and over. <laughs> just, I mean that was one of the promos of the year and it was just one word over and over screamed on his knees. So good. Um I I
0: I have a real problem myself. I mean it's a, it's a problem with myself and the problem is is I have a hard time remembering the time difference between Japan and America. So what I what I, and it ruined the finals for me this morning, which I texted the boys about. And before Well,
1: you you know I believe they're 14 hours ahead of us.
0: I knew that Tamatanga won the block before I watched the match because I thought that I was looking at the times of the previous night's matches on Wikipedia. And then it went straight down to the semifinals, and I saw... Oh, Oka- you looked
1: at on Wikipedia?
0: I saw ok- Okada versus tama Tonga on there, and I just, just completely Ugh. fucked up. Completely fucked up. So I fucked up, like, the two biggest who's going to win this match matches of the tournament. I missed Jay White and Tonga. That being said, I thought the match was just okay, and I think that this was a real big. Uh, this is where, this is where I take my own faults, but I actually blame them on somebody else. It's like they had eight G one matches on that night. And that's all. That's the entire card, but none of them really got a whole lot of time. I don't think there was a match over fourteen minutes.
1: I don't think so either.
0: And I would have liked to have seen Tomatonga and Jay White go longer than that. That being said, I'm happy that Tama Tonga won because hopefully that sets him up for a title match sometime between here and Wrestle Kingdom.
1: Oh, yeah, it, it definitely happens. I mean, that's that's what New Japan does. I yeah, mean
0: that's what the G1 does. And uh, what was the other match that we were talking about? Oh, Ishii Sonata. Yeah, it was, it was good. I mean, if that's a way for Ishii to end his G1 career, going over a guy that he's probably fought a hundred times in Sonata, then uh, God bless him. Ishii is a he's a gift from God to us, Marks.
1: Oh God, he better be back next year. Um, I hope he is. Semifinals, uh, the next night, obviously, we had now A and B block. Winners, uh, Okada and Tamataga. Okada goes over. Um, I thought this was a good showing for Tamataga. Nothing great. They did some callbacks to the match where Tamataga won last year's G1, where... I can't think of the name of the move, but he tried it on Okada. Didn't work. Okada wins fairly convincingly. I wasn't too concerned about Tomatonga winning this. I thought this is typical New Japan. We're gonna make, you know, make things quote unquote right. And Okada wins this second matchup. So Okada wins. He was on to the finals. So the the match that I thought was the better of the two matches, and this is not even because I'm a Naito Mark, it's just I thought it was the better of the two matches. You had Will Ospreay winning the D block versus Naito winning the C block. First time ever matchup, which was very intriguing because when you stop and think about it, Will Ospreay's been there kind of long enough to where you would think at some point these two guys would cross paths singles wise. This was, I thought, I thought Will Ospreay Shingo was the match of the tournament leading up to this point. I thought Osprey and Naido just did something amazing until the final. We'll talk about that in a second. Well, Osprey beats Naido clean. No problem with that whatsoever.
0: Match of the tournament
1: to this point.
0: Match of the tournament
1: to this point.
0: Match of the tournament. For my money, this was the match of the tournament, Naido Osprey.
1: In fact, I'd say 3
0: out of my favorite 4 matches in
2: the tournament were Osprey.
1: Oh yeah, without question.
2: Sumire, what do you think? Uh, the top three all had Osprey. He was the common denominator. Um, I think uh, I still like the Shingo match more, but it was—I mean, it's—it's it's a close thing. They're—they're um, they're both absolutely fantastic. We um, shouldn't I, sleep I on Will
0: Osprey Yoshihashi, which happened on night uh, seventeen, I believe, night sixteen. But that match was also really fucking good.
1: No, there's there was other matches that uh, I have it as night 16. Will well, well, spray over. Uh, I can also name out. my
0: least favorite match of the tournament if you guys are ready to hear it, or anytime you guys are ready to hear. No,
1: it. go go ahead. You you already opened up the can. Great Kon
0: Taichi, terrible, Very, terrible, absolutely awful.
1: I expected at least five, ten more minutes. <laughs> in and I'm like dude that's it <laughs> I felt that's like a chick I was like that's it motherfucker that's all we I'm get like
0: that was the worst that was the worst match at, in, the, in the tournament that had Yujiro in it
1: I, I can't argue that too much <laughs> I, I would love to but I really can't those are two guys that I had high expectations for coming in and getting that match, it felt like it was like, okay, they thanks were, for coming uh, out. God bless you. Good night.
0: They were dialing it in.
1: Yes, for sure. And whether or not it's the fact that they were already out or just didn't give a shit, doesn't matter. It was very, very disappointing. So, obviously, now we have the finals that happened this morning. Okada, quick, I do want to say with the Osprey. Yeah, we completely Nathan
0: cut actually, Zach off and just start talking about shit. <laughs> Go ahead, Zach. Sorry.
1: It's fine. No, I
2: I do want to say one thing that I loved about this year's Christmas suspense because in the previous match, you were never really were convinced that like Kamatanga was gonna actually go to like the finals. It was really cool that he got to the quarterfinals and or, or the semifinals, and that was like his big win. Uh, but you could definitely see Naito going all the way here. Uh, it was de- a definite possibility, and so that added a ton of drama to the reversals and i think they worked this match just masterfully.
1: Okay, it's. i guess this is where i'm going to be that guy for 30 seconds. I had no thought that Naido was going to win this match. Yeah, but that's cuz you're, you're
0: that's cuz you're a, a Naido mark though and like you're a sports fan and Did they
1: reel me in? Yeah. Was I cheering? Yeah. What
0: what I what i'm saying is like as a jaded sports fan like we are, like you you're always rooting for your team, but you're always expecting your team to lose because this team...
1: team, this team especially. Well, every t- uh, now, Steelers. There are certain there are certain times I expect us to stomp that ass. When Tim Tebow threw that pass to right. Demaris Thomas, right. I okay. expect us to stomp that ass. Right. It's Tim Tebow. Forget you you should anything. be like a third right. string quarterback, and all of a sudden you, you know go what? no. See, I won't even
0: go through my point. That's fine.
1: <laughs> no, That's fine. please go through your point. The point is in
0: sports, you your team almost always loses. Like how often is it that your team wins the championship? Like in my lifetime, I can think of what? Like four times, five times that my, Cardinals? my team yeah, the Cardinals have won twice.
1: Oh, in your lifetime, yeah.
0: Well, unless you count eighty two, which I was only I know you were in high school, but I was <laughs> I was only two years old when it happened. But they won in six and eleven, and then the Rams won in ninety nine and
1: uh, Most recently, what they won again last year. Oh, Matthew yeah. Stafford. Oh, yeah.
0: The Rams won last year again, and then, uh, I mean, the Blues. But I don't give a fuck about the Blues. Like,
1: okay, so five. I made a lot of money that weekend yeah, that bartending. Was, yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> Jack but uh, was you're crazy. a jaded
0: sports fan, though. You always expect your team to win, and or expect your team to lose, and you want Naido to win so bad that you are guarding it against yourself. That you're like. Now nah, he's going to lose. So, if he wins, it's a big-time It's a big time pop for you. But if he loses, it's what you always expected.
1: Okay. I'll say this, and I said it before. No, I said it before in the pod, and it was a while ago. At some point, Naito's got to start putting guys over. This was the perfect time to put Will Ospreay over and set up an Ospreay-Okada final. Their have, first one-on-one match ever. Right. I have no problem with Naito falling to Will Ospreay because it makes sense. Now we have Ospreay coming after Okada. Big brother versus little brother. It is the two arguably best wrestlers on the roster. Well, I'm,
0: I'm with Zach. I I thought it could have gone either way, and it made for a very exciting match.
1: Don't get me wrong. It was the match of the tournament until the final. Okay. So, the final, obviously, Will Ospreay versus Okada. B block. Well, I'm sorry. D block versus a block doesn't matter. I'm sorry. I, you can call me what you wanted. And this has Naito you know has nothing to do with this match. I thought this match was absolutely amazing. It's the match of the tournament, as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to go as far as to say it's on my short list of match of the year. The psychology of this is so good because Will Ospreay was like, "I'm gonna go back and start watching, you know, guys that beat Okada." So then moves that he doesn't ever use, the Styles Clash, the V Trigger, shit like that, were guys the that high fly be- flow, the guys that beat Okada. He
0: did the high fly flow uh, and then the he first, did, and then he did Styles
1: Clash, and then did the V Trigger, and then, and then tried the to do the uh, the One Wing Angel. Right there alone. That to me is why, A, I love New Japan because it's always callbacks and you guys you got to pay attention to shit, otherwise you're going to miss it. But then, B, more importantly, this was the drama. Will Ospreay is pulling out shit in his bag that ain't, ain't in his bag. I'm taking Tanahashi shit. I'm taking this motherfucking shit. I'm taking this motherfucking shit, and I still can't win. That's the drama. Zach, That's what makes this the best match of the tournament. Zach, what do you think of the match?
2: Oh yeah, it was great. Um, the selling was fantastic. I mean, both guys were selling their necks because they'd just been completely devastated in the the previous matchups. Uh, they, you know, Okada had this whole monster block where pretty much every match he was just taking a beating. Like every single match. Like even the Yano match wasn't just like a comedy match. Like Yano was like, "I'm gonna put on my working shoes tonight and wrestle the best." About in the damn time,
1: motherfucker! It's stealing a paycheck yeah, I'm every make week. Him work.
2: He's always got his on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was it was great. Um, I really wish I would have had the time before today's podcast. I wanted to go back and watch our Wrestle Kingdom match because that's also happened this year. Um, so, you know, we always kind of forget uh, because Wrestle Kingdom happens, like, right there, you know, January 4th. It's, like, right after the new year. So, you almost don't even factor it in because the feuds and the build were all from the previous year. But I do kind of want to compare uh, the two matches. But, um, yeah, a, a total master class in professional wrestling. Just two of, two of the three best wrestlers in the world right now. Uh, probably just going all out and giving us a fantastic final. I was surprised, though, that Okada won. I'm not going to lie, because up until this point, the only thing that I hadn't predicted was Tamatango winning that block, everything else had gone exactly how I thought, and so I figured I was just super fucking smart, and Will Ospreay was gonna win, but uh, turns out, I'm not.
0: So, as I as I texted the boys this morning at 7am, when I then my first hour of work, like I said, my first hour of work is slow, and then it picks up, and then my afternoons are slow. So, I thought I was gonna watch his final, and I Went to NJPW World, and I, it said, I didn't even realize it said live. I just clicked <laughs> on it, and it was Okada with the trophy. And I was like.
1: Motherfucker. Y- like,
0: 7, 7.02 in the morning. I'm just fucking. White Fuck. Furious of <laughs> <at> myself <laughs> that it happened. But after watching the match, I I'm, I'll be real enough to admit. Those near falls would have got me, I would have thought the I would have thought that Osprey was winning. I would have. I would have they would have sucked me in. I would have been like, that's definitely okay. The best the reason why I don't like it as much as I like the Osprey Nido match, which is the first time they've ever faced each other. That's not why, though. Is because I thought the going back to the ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future, or whatever the fuck Will Ospreay was doing, while I think it's cool. I also think it's a little too cute. Now, that might be really nitpicky, but it doesn't seem as organic as the Naito Osprey match, which I absolutely adored, like fucking love it. But I will say, out of all those, uh, not saying I didn't hate the Osprey Okada match by any stretch of the imagination. It was a five-star match, no doubt. They're two, like he said, two of the best three workers in the world right now. Osprey's clicking on all cylinders. Osprey is probably the best in the world right now. Sorry. But I will say this. Mm. The best spot in the match was when uh, Okada went for the Rainmaker and he turned it into an Ozcutter. That fucking ruled. That was fucking unreal. Oh, oh, Osprey is unreal
1: he's He's a bad human But in the ring he's just He's a human highlight reel He's the modern day Kenny Omega If you want to go that route There's so many counters That he had in the last two nights I'm just like oh oh what the fuck He's unbelievable Don't get me wrong at some point Will Ospreay is going to beat uh, Okada. It's just going to be with more stakes on the line. Okada will be the champ. It might be like a um, one of their big four, but everything has to be on the line for Will Ospreay to finally beat Okada. Now, this
0: also means that Okada is going to have to put up that G1 champion, or that, that G1 challenger ship, for lack of a the better word. The briefcase,
1: for lack of a better term. Um, Against Jonah. Jonah makes the most sense because obviously he has the win over Okada, but he did say Naido's name, which kind of was the biggest disappointment for me. I'm over it. I'm over it. I don't I don't expect Naido to even win that match. I don't even want to see that match. Just skip fast forward to Jonah. Let's get to that point and then go from there. Um, you
2: don't want to see Okada, Naido?
1: They've done it three times this year, Zach. I mean, damn.
2: Yeah, they keep doing it.
1: You know, at a certain point. I, po- I mean,
2: anytime, like, somebody offers to start my dick, I'm like, yeah, it mean, <laughs> only happened three times this year, so, like, I'll, I'll go again.
1: All right, motherfucker. <laughs> Since you put it like that. <laughs> That's very dis- that's
0: very disrespectful to the G1 champion. That's very disrespectful <laughs> to the belt. That actually devalues the belt. Um,
2: <laughs> hey, uh, that belt's going to be a strap-on if I'm going to have my way with it.
0: But, uh... Comparing the G1 belt to a – to comparing the G1 championship to a blowjob from a wife is devaluing it. I'm promising you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> God damn, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Jesus Christ.
1: Oh shit. Oh my god, I'm dead. <laughs> just,
0: Shouldn't have said that. Just, I don't know. Uh, Shouldn't have said that. Just other
1: quick notes. I'm gonna get us back on track and then we can go to the three count. Wrestle Kingdom this year is one night, uh, January fourth of twenty twenty three. So that's a little interesting.
0: No, there's one more thing that I want to ask. Please. Wrestle Kingdom is one night, but I, I do wanna <laughs> I do wanna have an overall grade for the G one this year. Go ahead and give it an overall grade, Zach
2: overall grade C Jason and that's so that's that's relative to other g ones that it's not relative to wrestling in general because it's always like an a+ plus.
1: I'll, I agree with 2B on this one. I want to give it a B plus, but ultimately it's a B. There's certain guys, there's certain angles that don't make sense. There's certain guys that were disappointing. It, it wasn't the best G1. It damn sure wasn't the worst one I've seen. Somewhere in the middle, I'll go with the B.
0: I'll give it an A++++ plus, 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 plus because <laughs> G1 fucking rules. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, like B+, plus, A-, minus, just because I, I didn't like that it wasn't all the blocks like every block fights one night like that just kind of makes it harder to keep track of who's where so for that reason no, that's fair. It, for that reason I'll give it a a minus
1: it was a running concern with us coming into it um ultimately I think it worked out because there were that last block night of uh G1 action where you had guys that were you know, trying to get in, trying to, you know, maneuver, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So at that point, it kind of makes sense. I don't know if I'm ready to move with this four block format forward to beard, Do you like four blocks or two blocks? Um, I, I like two blocks better, man. Honestly, because I felt like there was a lot. I'll just I'm sorry. I didn't cut you off. Like uh, when you see Tom Waller versus ZSJ in like the undercard matches, and they don't wrestle in the G one, I'm like, ugh, damn, <laughs> that's the shit yeah. that I miss.
2: I think I do like two blocks better, but four blocks might be better for the wrestlers. So if it's better for the wrestlers, then you know I might acquiesce. But uh, I I gotta say I did like the crazy D block out it almost ended in a seven way tie that was kind of fun that you could differentiate but uh, but yeah I think um, the two block ones have always been better
1: than this one Anybody
2: four blocks historically and, well, they, did, well uh, they, they
1: said they did, did the four blocks before but that was obviously you know before we started really watching it on the regular yeah is there anybody yeah. you don't yeah. want to see come back is there back? anybody
0: you don't want to see in okay, next I- year's G1
2: uh, Ugerow, Bad Luck, ballet, Evil. Well, good luck um, with that. Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, that's about it. Everybody else was solid. I just, uh, would much prefer, uh, Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page. And, uh, you know. Daniel Garcia, fuck it. I
0: mean. Yeah, Daniel like, Garcia would be perfect. Listen, this, this four block format might be a little bit more attractive to guys that aren't in New Japan currently that might not mind taking a month off if it's only six matches as opposed to six matches where you're fighting the whole time as opposed to 10 matches where you're fighting the whole time, not including the tag team and undercard stuff.
1: No, I I will say this. The the good part about doing the four block, format is that there were guys that got time to rest and heal we were talking about jonah was one of the guys that had his first block match and then basically had like 10 days off
0: biggest disappointment (sighs) anybody can go Um, i'll say mine's juice
2: Shingo. oh oh wow you mean disappointment as far as like performance? Yeah, performance. Like, or like pay pay performance, or just general performance?
0: General like performance. General Magic quality. Yeah. Um, I'd say that I'd say that the biggest overachiever was Yoshihashi. I'd say David the b- Finley. Biggest underachiever. David Finley. Yeah. Over. Yeah, okay. And I'd say the biggest underachiever was Juice
1: Shingo,
2: former champion.
0: Shingo had a fucking banger against Will Osprey.
2: He was his, his match quality was really good. I think Jason was talking about in fame when lost record.
0: Okay, gotcha. Okay, let's get to that.
2: I, I got to cut out before you guys go. Thanks for the time, but uh, I'll uh, I'll hit you guys next week. Peace. Be careful, man. we
1: will yep. talk to you next week. Be, Be well.
0: well. <laughs> let's get to that three. <laughs> count. One. All right, so the three count is going to be WWE main roster over the last week. Now, there was a lot of good stuff here, and we'll start off with SmackDown. SmackDown continued bringing back people that have been let go during the Vince era, that have been brought back during the Triple H era, most notably Hit Row came back and hit row beat up some jobbers I'm not sure if I would have had them go against jobbers I probably would have put them right into an angle but maybe need to reintroduce them to the audience especially without swerve Strickland because it's not like people that watch Smackdown even remember swerve Strickland so what do you think about hit row coming to back
1: it felt weird without swerve. I mean, ultimately, that's, that was my biggest takeaway. I don't have a problem with that, with the fact that they had jobbers come out. I'm, I'm a huge fan of enhancement talent. Sure. Of coming out and just making the guys you want to look good, look good. That's what they did. But it just it felt – I love seeing Hit Row. I'm singing the song with him, but I'm just missing the Lionel Richie of this bitch. Lionel Richie is Swerve Swerve, Strickland, and he's not there. So, it's going to be real interesting to see who's going to take the mic work and how they book them moving forward.
0: I'm assuming you watch SmackDown. Yeah. The main event, which was Gunther versus Shinsuke Nakamura for the belt, for the Intercontinental belt, was...
1: A banger match. A
0: banger match. I mean, it really was. It, It wasn't a banger WWE match.
1: It It was was a banger match. Yes, it was great. It it was arguably one of the best matches of the week.
0: Including the
1: G1. G1, yeah. I love the fact that they're now trying to at least make the mid-card titles mean something. And if you're going to do it, you're going to have matches like this, okay? Nakamura is an amazing talent. The fact that they wore him down, it's neither here nor there. We got him against Gunther the fact that we even have them in the ring is kind of weird to begin with. But they had, like, a, a 15, almost 20-minute match.
0: Great and, chemistry. And,
1: and they were really good in the ring.
0: Tremendous chemistry <laughs> between those two guys. To the
1: point where I'm glad there was no fuckery. Gunther wins clean, and we can all walk away. <laughs> At some point, when Roman Reigns goes away, you're going to need these other guys, the, and we've said it before on the pod multiple times. It can't just be about the the part-timers, and the one-percenters of WWE. This roster needs to be strengthened from top to bottom. That mid-card is where Gunther and other guys can come up and step in. God forbid if Roman Reigns goes away. I thought this is a great use of Gunther. He wins clean. You know, God bless them all. I I had no problem with this match. It was a really good main event, and it it was a nice way to close off uh, SmackDown.
0: Yeah, there's... Nothing to hate about it. It was a really fun, really good match. I would watch these guys fight again at a pay-per-view. Like, let's see it. Let's watch these guys fight forever. If you can
1: build up Nakamura to uh, to be, like, a legitimate main event guy post-Roman Reigns, we could do this again without question.
0: So we had uh, a Liv Morgan, Shayna Baszler contract signing. Ronda Rousey comes out. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler have a moment where they pass on the ramp, I think it was. Yeah. It's been a while since I watched it. You
1: used to be a killer.
0: Yeah, Yeah. like you've changed basically. Basically setting up either a Shayna Baszler-Rousey match or setting up a Shayna Baszler and Rousey uh, teaming up. Yeah. Uh, one of the two. Either way...
1: What do you think is going to happen?
0: Oh, I hope we get a match. I think that... I, th- I think that... I've been hesitant to say it over the last couple of weeks, but...
1: <laughs> what? <laughs>
0: well, I just think that everybody was kind of overreacting before all the evidence was in, but it seems like all the evidence is in now, and it's truly Triple H's era now. Like, he oh, is... Yeah. It, it, And it also seems like Vince has nothing to do with it. Now, was it this simple that... Well, here's, here's the first thing. Was it this simple that Vince just dropped these guys or just didn't do anything with Shayna Baszler because he didn't like her and just dropped Hit Row because he didn't like him and just got rid of Dexter Loomis and got rid of Carrying Cross because he fucked him up? Was it that simple that he dropped him and now Triple H is in charge and Triple H brings him back? Because that would mean that Vince is seriously out of the picture.
1: I would like to think that that's always the case, but... I think with, like, the 24-7 tiles still being around, not defended every week, but it's still around, that's a Vince element. Sports entertainment is always going to be a Vince element. I think All Triple right, H, H is that. trying to have his own vision, but still respect Vince on the back end.
0: Yeah, but Shayna Baszler was a was a Triple it's H, a H triple guy. H, yeah. Triple H guy. Yeah. Triple H girl. Yeah. That he put a lot of stock into Without question. in NXT.
1: Without question. Uh, Arguably the best NXT champion outside of Asuka. And
0: we could really do something with Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey.
1: I think they team up, ultimately.
0: Either way, you got to take the belt off Liv Morgan. Sorry. She has not elevated the belt. The belt has not elevated her. She's not a good worker. She's not a good on the mic. It's, it's cute that they gave it to her.
1: They fucked up. In my opinion, they fucked up the booking. SummerSlam should have been a clean win However you want to do it. Ronda Rousey at this point is not Teflon, but she she can absorb a Liv Morgan loss. As weird as it may be, because you just don't, if you looked at these two women, you don't see, especially Ronda Rousey. I mean, damn, we know who Ronda Rousey is. She shouldn't lose to Liv Morgan. I get that. But if you can figure out a way to make it look legitimate, you got something going. The way they did it where she taps out with Morgan taps out before the shoulders are pinned, it protects Rhonda. I get it, but it makes Liv look weak on the back end. And that was the biggest problem.
0: Fair enough. Let's move on to Raw, uh, which I watched every single minute of today. Every single minute of. I was done done caught up with wrestling today at 9 o'clock. And when I say caught up, I mean shit that I want to watch. So <laughs> I went back and I I went back and I watched Raw while I was working. Not
2: that
1: bullshit you would be watching.
0: Uh, Raw was entertaining from front to back. It, you know how I know is because when like I always say I have these little notes and I always write first segment, second segment, one, two, three, four, and there's only ten segments that I have written down. And when Vince was in charge, it would be 20. There would be all this random shit in the middle. R-Truth, you own it, somebody in the middle. Dana Brooke fucking with somebody in the middle. You know, all this bullshit. My first question, though, is how are you going to have a non-title 24-7 match? It's 24-7. How can it be non-title? Everything's a title all the time. No, they they, they. they
1: They've done, you Wait, know, we disqualified, you know, we're going to suspend what, the know, 24 of You know, I said this so we could title. agree
0: on something, but... No, dude,
1: dude, trust me. I've had this argument for like two days on Twitter. What do you I'm, think
0: about Judgment Day versus the Mysterious? Judgment Day opened up Raw. Judgment Day, Finn Balor, Rhea Ripley, Damian Priest, they open up Raw. That is generally a sign that they have big plans for these guys.
1: I would, you might want to think so, but, I mean, Finn Balor feels like he's the misfit of this bunch he doesn't for whatever reason he can't get over on the mic with WWE fans he's just not believable whether it's the size or whether they're, you know I've seen him in New Japan he's not the same way blah 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 it's not translating the same way it would be if Edge was the leader now unbelievable am I wrong yeah how am I wrong <laughs>
0: No, I think that he is clicking with WWE fans as a heel. I think that Rhea Ripley is. I think that Judge Rhea name, Ripley is clicking
1: with WWE fans as a heel.
0: They're almost presenting Rhea Ripley as the leader of the group, which I also really like.
1: Kind of, sort of. Because every time I look up, she's dragging somebody across the board, whether it's Dom or Ray or whomever. My only question with Rhea Ripley is okay, is she back? And if so, where's her title match? The last time I checked, she should have had the Cartmel match. But she'll get the title
0: match eventually, man. She's in the middle of an angle with the Mysterios. You can do two things at once. But you don't have to, though, if there's other things going on with the title match.
1: The Mysterios take should take precedence over the women's title?
0: I mean I mean, yeah, in stories who cares? like it who in cares? Sto- there's no, other in things story, going on.
1: It's story, you should care. But Look, there's other things going on though. You you two jokers can't take out the Mysterios while I can go get the WWE women's championship. Come on now.
0: This is not the conversation I was going to have. Uh, okay, so uh, what you think about Tommaso Ciampa and The Miz versus Mustafa Ali and Cedric Alexander? Pretty entertaining match.
1: It was really entertaining. I, would, I was really hoping that Mustafa Ali and Cedric could go over. I get why they don't. I think this is ultimately the lead in to get Johnny Gar- Gargano back into the WWE. How he comes back in, whose side he's on, I don't know. I don't care. Johnny Gargano's probably best bet is probably going back to WWE, but the, the match itself I thought was really, really good. Do you think Tommaso Ciampa and The
0: Miz as a pairing is working?
1: It's it's not the best. It's Go ahead.
0: Sorry, I asked you a question that I started. It's just, not the best. It's not the worst. Mean-
1: it's somewhere in the gray. I'm waiting for Gargano to come back, and then Gargano and Ciampa break away from The Miz.
0: Larry Bird's not walking through that door. <laughs> Johnny Gargano is not walking through that door.
1: He's going to WWE? Robert
0: Parrish is not walking through that he's door. He's going
1: to WWE. Um, do you not think he's going to WWE?
0: No, I do. I do, and I, I hope that they put DIY back together because I think that would be pretty major. Um, I don't think that Tommaso Ciampa and Miz is working for me. It seems to be working right now for them. Here's what... Here's. And this is what I wanted to say. And I, and I want everybody to pump the brakes when they're like, man, WWE has so much momentum right now. Because that's what they call the soft bigotry of <laughs> low expectations.
1: <laughs> it's
0: like this company has been putting on such fucking sludge, such bullshit, such terrible television for so long that when they start doing television that's as good as it was. 10 years ago, like, and that's being nice. That's being nice, but when they start putting on television that's actually worth watching, everybody's like, oh man, this company's really got the momentum. It's like, no, no. you look at AEW and they got CM Punk uh, fucking shooting on somebody, and they have this weird shit happen in the ending, they got Kenny Omega coming back.
1: So let's just pump the brakes. I'm not... I, I'm an AEW... Adam Cole is, I'm coming back here in a little bit.
0: I'm an AEW sexual, no doubt. But I'm also... I just love wrestling of all time, and I'm not tribal tribalist about it. Like, give me good wrestling. Right. So let's just pump the brakes. But they are putting on a very watchable show. That's,
1: and- that's the issue. It makes fucking sense. Yeah, it's watchable now. When Dexter Lumis comes around all of a sudden, in the end... At, at the uh, at the main event, it's like every week he gets a little closer to yeah, AJ. Yeah, and you don't know who he's going after. You really don't. I'm assuming he's going after AJ Styles. See, I think he might be going after The Miz. Why would he go after The Miz? Why not? How do we know that he's a heel? We don't know. Obviously, we don't know. I'm just thinking to myself, my head of heads, Dexter Loomis is going to come off as this weird, crazy guy, you know, the psychopath or whatever. Not necessarily, you know, Chompa style, but just you know, more so left or right, whichever you want to call it, more extreme. If you're going to get somebody over, you want to put them over somebody that's established. That's AJ Styles. AJ Styles would have no problem going going down to. Have Dexter they Loomis. said his name yet? No.
0: They have not said his name yet.
1: Actually, I take that back. I think they said it Monday night.
0: Because they yeah. because he jumped the he jumped the barricade right. and they got him right, right away. Right, right.
1: And w- which is different than AW? And that's the this is the only thing I want to point out. And I hate to even compare the two, but I gotta pair the two right now. AW is a little different with Mox and Punk because it feels real. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain element about it that is a shoot. Part right. whether it's five percent, ten percent, whatever. Oh, sure. they don't really like each other.
0: Are we to believe that the car that was crashing a couple weeks that ago was Dexter was Loomis? Dexter Loomis? That's my thought. So they're just telling a long Long-term term story. story.
1: Boom! Great to have Rockin WWE around egg. in twenty twenty two, fellas. Now let's, Take t- let's get away. Let's talk about
0: this next segment, which was my favorite segment of the show. Um <laughs>
1: You bet not say what I think you can to really say. No,
0: we're McIntyre and KO winning. Okay. At it. Okay. <laughs> what do you think I was gonna say?
1: Ezekiel in the fucking
0: hospital. Oh no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny though. That was <laughs> you know that was saying? still still pretty funny. You know I like shit like that. I
1: <laughs> know. Yeah, I'm like you bet not.
0: But uh, McIntyre comes out, cuts a babyface promo about facing Roman Reigns at Clash at the Castle. Wouldn't you
1: like to have me as champ?
0: KO comes out, <laughs> pushes all those buttons. I mean, he really. Now listen, that's the most believable that Drew McIntyre has been as a babyface in a long time, and that heel promo
1: the- since he became the champion. Before the champ, I was on board. Well, he all said he carried
0: way. this company on his back, and Ko came out and said, "You did what?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Drew ain't lying. I mean, he's not Dude, completely
0: lying. My my favorite part, uh, Ko seemed to say all the things. Now you can tell it wasn't scripted; like no. they were. K.O. was fucking with him.
1: Yeah, they were definitely off script, dare I say, impromptu. And that's the one thing that we've been missing from, at least from me missing. That's what I'm saying. It's the the best that Drew McIntyre's looked in a long time. Because Because you just let him speak. Right, just
0: let him speak. And then uh, K.O. comes in. My favorite part was when K.O. said, well, first of all, I'm hoping that him and Sami Zayn take the tag titles off of the Usos. Eventually, because he did mention, he go, he mentioned Sammy Zayn in that promo. He did. And he mentioned, he goes, I've had every title, but it's been five years since I had a title. He's like, I'm coming for every title. I see the U.S., the tag belts. He said, I'm coming for every title. I'm coming for the universal title. Badass promo. KO solidifies himself every time he talks as my favorite guy in the company. That's fine. You don't no, it no, have to be I, your no, favorite. No, no, no,
1: no. I agree with you totally. I'm glad that he's back to NXT KO versus the watered down total bad And then
0: so Drew McIntyre does his whole thing, says, We're wrestlers, we're staying wrestle ring. Let's freaking wrestle. And KO, who's the prize fighter, says, looks at him, and says, Well, you're not a prize, but you're on. And he throws the <laughs> mic. And I was like, ah! Oh! Game on, motherfucker. Let's I was do like, this. fuck
1: yeah. And that's all we ever need. Vince, God bless him. I get it. People love Vince because Vince, you know, put this shit on a whole nother level. I get it. It's global now. You know, we're doing, you know, pay per view buys or premium live events, whatever. It can be that simple sometimes. Sometimes it can just be that simple. I don't like you, you don't like me, fuck you. (laughs)
0: Just let the best talker in your company, let him rip. Please. And then let the other
1: guy rip too. It's a a counter puncher. I'm not expecting Drew McIntyre to carry that segment. I expect Kevin Owens to carry that segment. And then Drew McIntyre play off of Kevin Owens. It was so well done. It was another good example of what is different. He's like, sometimes you got a sword. <laughs> so good. And that's why I love Kevin Owens. So good. Right there. We had
0: another good another good I listen, I think the Seth Rollins iteration, I, I think he's he's on fire.
1: It's the <laughs> It's the best Seth Rollins character period. The visionary was good. The guy that um, that beat Brock Lesnar was good. This this dude is on a whole nother level. And he's, like I'm saying, If it was me and I had the pencil, I'm taking, I know there's rumors that, you know, you're going to take one belt off of Roman Reigns. Fuck that. I'm taking both belts off of Roman Reigns. I'm putting on Seth Rollins until Cody gets back and we're doing this shit at WrestleMania and
0: we're going to do it big. He said two things that were really great. He He said the riddle. He called it his stupid, stompable head. (laughs) And he he also goes, maybe you should retire from wrestling. Maybe you should get into farming. I hear that's a very lucrative business these days. I was like,
1: yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. As a matter of fact, go ahead, Riddle. Get your own product out, man. Do your thing.
0: Uh, We had a Veer squash, which I'm a fan of. We got one squash a show. Have it be a guy like Veer.
1: Fine. If that's going to be the guy that you want to move forward, that's the guy him and Omos are going to be the two guys in the gray area. Nah, better
0: than Omos,
1: though. I'm not saying that the, they're both okay, but, I mean, Yeah, but one Veer, is,
0: Veer can talk if he needs to, though. Omos can't.
1: Veer okay. can wrestle. Omos can't.
0: Okay, so that's 2-0. and oh. So what does Omos have? Oh, uh, he's, he's seven foot six. Yeah, right. Um, Lashley versus AJ?
1: This is what I Liked want. It? Yeah. Yeah. How can you not like it? I mean, this is what I want my mid-title cards to beat if Glasgow and Glasgow already has won the title which is a you know a bad example what I'm going to give but let's just say Ricochet because Ricochet is somebody that has kind of picked up a little steam not too crazy but somebody that's in the mid-card right now if Ricochet was the U.S. champion I would want Ricochet to have you know four or five six title defenses drop it to, like, Gunther at that point. Now you've built up Ricochet. You have Gunther, you know, reaping the the Ricochet rewards. Everybody wins. This makes sense. It's just. So now we're fancy
0: booking WWE and stuff that's actually cool and stuff that's actually possible instead instead of of just shit that's cool and not possible.
1: Well, I mean, with WWE, it was just a lot of times it was just a factory, you know, here's Roman Reigns and we're just going to. Feed somebody into Roman Reigns. Feed somebody into Roman Reigns. It was always top heavy. It was. It's never really the U.S. title hasn't been really interesting. In a everybody. Long, long time. Everybody that was. U.S. title hasn't been interesting in a long, long time.
0: Everybody that was on TV tonight, or Monday night, had a story. They're in. The, they're in an angle. Of everybody some is. Consequence. It's, it's not random shit. No. Everybody's in an angle. And they you, even seem to blow off Austin Theory versus Dolph Ziggler in the main event.
1: Which I, I don't, I don't, I disagree with that totally. The only reason I disagree with that you is... you don't think it's a blow off? No, because Austin Theory One Queen.
0: Well, that's a blow off. That's that's no. what happens in a blow off. No, no. If there's fuckery, that's when they keep going. That's a blow off, dude. I'm now not, I might be wrong because
1: I'm not saying that. It seems, the seems like end,
0: they're. A, it's I. It seemed to me like they're abandoning the story that they started.
1: There's no guarantee that. Dolph Ziggler doesn't stop Austin Theory at some form or fashion. The next cash-in, it happens. All, you know, Austin Theory comes to cash in the cash-in. Dolph Ziggler cuts him, off, cuts him off. I don't think it's the end. If it is the end, it's a good way to end it because Austin Theory goes over, and he goes over Queen even more so.
0: But I'm just saying, just don't tell me that. WWE's the hotter product. No. When their hell main event in no. Austin Theory no, versus Dolph no, Ziggler. No. And the other one's got Kenny Omega Inver- and the Bucks yeah, uh, versus Andrade, Rodney, right. and Dragon Lee. I don't
1: care about the numbers. I don't give a shit about that. Okay. I don't either. If just don't it,
0: tell me which, don't tell me that WWE's the hotter product. Uh, AEW is always hotter. They've it's had just like better. They
1: two or three good weeks. Okay. Let's start, you know, yeah, fold me into the paper. All fold of a sudden, WWE
0: into, decides to have a watchable. Program now, all of a sudden, it's great. Right, exactly. The best, the, the
1: best, pro, the best thank promotion. Thank no. you for, thank you. That, <laughs> no. That's nice. New Japan's the best promotion?
0: This is banned from ringside. Did you watch Heat Wave this week?
1: Actually, I did peep in a little bit. I saw uh, that,
0: Carmelo Hayes versus.
1: I didn't see that match. I saw that Carmelo Hayes won, but it was I, awesome. Yeah, I heard a lot of people say really good things about that. Um, Uh,
0: Braun Breaker beats J.D. McDonough in the the main event for the belt, and Tyler Bate comes out, holds up his U.K. NXT title, uh, which he has not won on television yet. Apparently, it was back-taped, and the poor bastards over there in the U.K., had to learn that Tyler Bate won the championship before seeing it <laughs> on TV.
1: Motherfuckers, was hot! I'm like, damn, Tyler Bate won. <laughs> you
0: sorry, you gnarly toothed motherfuckers.
1: No, no, no. Sorry, good. good R.I.P. the God. queen. No, sorry, good guy Pat Cobb. He didn't. R.I.P. <laughs> the queen. She died, right? <laughs> anyway, shit. I'll just say this: if this is going to be, Gen I guess diet. here's the question: is we feel like this is going to be a Unification of Yeah, because UK apparently and NXT 2.0?
0: UK is becoming NXT Europe, and NXT 2.0 is be- going to become NXT 3.0.
1: So why wouldn't would you have They're two going two to champions. unify the shit. Why wouldn't you have two champions?
0: Uh, d- d- dude, I don't know. We're in the multiverse of madness.
1: Yeah, true story. There's uh, a lot of shit going
0: on. Uh, what else happened? There was something else that happened. Manny Rose? Oh, the Diamond Mine shit was good. Uh, did you see Diamond Mine? Where, I saw that. Where like they brought they, up the tape where yeah, we, Tony, Tony D Tony was, was ta- like, you know, hey
1: man, come on over here. And hit that this was motherfucker. Good. <laughs> that was good.
0: That's long term booking, guys. It is. It is. Uh, I will say this: that Tyler Bate has been in. We've been doing this podcast for five years. We've had four beefers, and two of my match of the years
1: it has Tyler Bate. In has it.
0: Tyler Bate in it? So um, Tyler Bate is a very fun wrestler. Him no, versus Pete Dunn, and then him versus, versus Walter, Walter, which was a forty-four minute. Absolute shit show Like incredible match
1: I need to go back And watch that motherfucker that, Now that you said that I'm just like Woof. Remember how
0: good <laughs> that was <laughs> God, God damn God It just damn. kept going and going But it kept getting better Um NXT. Uh, Santos Escobar lost in a le- uh, loser leaves town, or loser leaves the promotion. I guess He's Santos coming up, right?
1: He, uh, he better be. Otherwise, we got is a problem. He, is
0: he the Latino slash Hispanic? I know there's a difference between the two, but is he the one that they've been waiting for? Guy can cut a promo. He can speak English. No. I, and that's not a knock on Andrade, but no, that was definitely a knock he, on Andrade from their perspective. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Want, Santos Escobar can fight. I, I, no, I like Santos. I just don't think that's the the wagon they're going to hitch on to for the last I'm going to make
0: a prediction. I, I think that he's coming up, and I think that he's going to be a big deal. They're going to make him a big deal.
1: He's coming up. I just don't know if he's going to be that big deal or not.
0: No, Mom. Jesus Christ.
1: This is bad for
0: Hey, we got some birthdays this week. Sorry, uh,
1: Mom. We're doing birthdays first, and I'm gonna call you back.
0: Lillian Garcia, fifty-six. Velveteen Dream. No, where's that dude at? Uh
1: 32.
0: The 30, 30 block thirty two <laughs> at a penitentiary. Oh, I was guessing uh, his age. Byron Saxon. no, he's twenty seven. Byron Saxon is forty one. Walter. The aforementioned Walter Gunther is 35. Nathan Jones. you remember Nathan Jones?
1: Vaguely, yeah. I was about to say tall, white guy, bald head. Yeah. I think
0: he was in a WrestleMania match with Taker where they were a tag team, right?
1: Sounds right, yeah.
0: I think that was Taker's only tag team match in the on street. WrestleMania, yeah. Uh, so he's 53. So that count. He's 53. It that counts. Count. It counts. No, it he won. Count. He won. It, it won. doesn't count. That means Nathan Jones is 1-0 20, 20 one. One oh at WrestleMania. <laughs> Uh, Trent Seven is 41. Eve.
1: Just released by WWE. I saw that today.
0: I'm not going to tell you about Eve. She was very attractive. She's 38. Uh, Ro from War Raiders. I don't don't know if he's Eric or Ivar. I think he's Ivar. He's 38.
1: I don't care. Stevie Ray. You want to guess how
0: old Stevie Ray is?
1: He's better be older than me. He's fifty six.
0: He's sixty four,
1: motherfucker. Black don't crack. <laughs>
0: Paul Ellering is sixty nine. The Usos only thirty seven. Uh Pack is thirty six. Apollo Cruz is thirty five. Good. Funaki, indeed, <laughs> is 54. You've Vince McMahon, happy birthday. I think you're having a good one, brother. Uh, he's Wait, 77. Shit. Rocky Johnson, uh, Dwayne Johnson's dad, It would have been 78. And Grand Metalik is 34.
1: Surprisingly, he's still alive. Rabbit Fever.
0: Hey everybody, we know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast for Vice, for Joey O'Farrell, for Tender Mahal, for Murray the Murray Man Murray, for Lucha Chris, for Patriot Pat, for Grandel Wrestling. Go look up Grandel Wrestling, follow them on Twitter. Big shows coming up. Big Show's coming up with Grand Dollar Wrestling. For two-ears, Zach Pullman. Check. For the dog, Reba. For Check. Jason Cornelius the Bell. I am heel vegas. I'm heel vegas. <laughs> All you other heel vegas are just imitating. So won't the real heel vegas please stand up? Who the heels? Ooh,
1: that's great, baby! That's